Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And with that, welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, who is the sports editor for our Denton County Papers, Kendrick Johnson, the sports editor for the McKinney Courier Gazette, as well as Devin Hassan, who does sports for uh, Mesquite and Rowlett. And we're here to break down the aftermath of UIL realignment. Uh, it has come and gone. All the dust has settled, and we now know what the next two years of high school sports hold for the, uh, for the programs within our markets. So um, yeah, we're just going to kind of go uh, 6A, 5A, and we're going to look district by district at the uh, at the districts that feature schools from within our markets and just try to try to make sense of just what all went down yesterday with uh, with UIL realignment. So let's let's get right to it. Let's start um let's start in class 6A. Let's start with uh, we only have one we only have one district that features local teams out in Region 1. Ironically enough, it is still District 66A, but a much different looking District 66A than has been the case for these last two years. The new District 66A for these next two years is Capel, Irving, Irving MacArthur, Irving Nimitz, and the four Louisville ISD schools. So Louisville High, Flower Mound, Hebron, and Marcus. Um, Justin, what do you make of this? I like it. <laughs> this is kind of what you would. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a different roadmap than what you laid out on Monday. But you get uh, you get Louisville ISD and Capel back. Yeah, together. I get Capel back with LISD and back in the same region. So no complaints about that. Um, travel wise, seems pretty similar. If I'm going on the road, Irving schools aren't too much further than the HEBs or um, Carroll or Byron Nelson. Mm-hmm. At least for me, they're not. So. Personally, I like the whole district. It's going to make things uh, a little easier for me. I think it's still going to be a very competitive district. I think if you, you know, switching out South Lake for Coppell seems like, you know, a fairly lateral move to me. Mm-hmm. You know, both both of them are very sound all-around athletic programs. So I think uh, the competitive balance is going to be pretty similar. I think I feel a little sorry for the Irving schools. Um I don't think they stack up with these teams. To be to it's, be quite honest, they're gonna a tough draw for Irving ISD. Just looking at you know uh, teams I've covered have never really been grouped with Irving before, so I'm not super familiar with them. So just doing a little background, looking at them, what their you know what their strengths are. They don't seem to be a whole lot, to be honest. No. Um, basketball is Irving MacArthur is a very solid basketball program, yeah. boys and girls. Um, the Irving schools have had some success in soccer, but outside of that. Not very much success. I think the last time an Irving team won a playoff football game was maybe 2003. Um, you know, volleyball doesn't, they're not going to be competitive there, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this volleyball district <laughs> And is. the b- baseball and softball teams are going to have a tough time competing with Coppell and Louisville ISD. So, um, that's really outside of boys and girls basketball, you know, there's a case that can be made just looking right now. It's going to be. F- you know, five or six teams for the four spots and pretty much every other sport because 
I mean, not trying to dog these programs, but they're just no, not, no, they're just fair. not the I mean, athletic programs that Louisville ISD and, you, and Cuphill has. Yeah, I mean, Louisville ISD is. I mean, it's not just the team sports, but once you get into like yeah. your your track and fields, your swimming, exactly. stuff like that. I mean, Golf. they're they're so balanced across the board, yeah. and you factor in Capel, which is one of the most you know just yeah. balanced across the board athletic programs in the Metroplex. And yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's so tough to make headway if you just if you don't have the yeah. horses in any one sport. So I think that should make maybe. Um, make things a little less stressful kind of night in night out you know in five six eight you really have to kind of bear down every night there's you know even the seventh eighth place teams are quality teams i don't think the bottom of the district is going to be quite as strong especially with how well byron nelson's done that you know they might be the surprise mm-hmm. of five six eight these last two years with how well they've done in football soccer volleyball some of those other sports mm-hmm. and you just don't see the irving schools being quite on that level as byron nelson or carol or even trinity who's you know kind of hit or miss but when they're good they're really good yeah so it is worth noting just for the sake of uh, by district uh, by district yeah. action once you make the playoffs that district will be going up against district 56a which consists of Denton Geyer the four uh, the four Keller ISD schools Keller Keller Central Fossil Ridge and Timber Creek mm-hmm. the two Northwest ISD schools Eaton and uh, Byron Nelson and South Lake Carroll so yeah. that's still a pretty that's still a pretty yeah. quality district that you'd have to go against in the playoffs, yeah, the playoffs switching in Plano ISD Allen and McKinney for uh South Lake Geyer and the color schools. schools. Not, I'm, I might say the color schools maybe all around aren't quite the level of uh, PSD, but they're still pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to find quality opponents in the first. Oh round. yeah, and they're specifically they're, Keller High yeah. is just taken off as is, yeah. is one of the top programs in six A. Um, but yeah, I guess then let's uh, then let's pivot to uh, to Region Two, where uh, we have uh, District Nine Six A, which is Allen. Dallas Jesuit, McKinney, McKinney Boyd, Plano, Plano East, Plano West, and Prosper. Uh, Kendrick, I'll give you some love. You, uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, kind of the need to get you know these teams back into Region Two to uh, kind of level the playing field. And there is precedent; it's the first time in four years that Allen PISD and uh, and McKinney will be in Region Two. But um, but now, obviously, you've uh, you know you you look at just the minefield that there was in, uh, in Region One, and I think when looking at that district, obviously the inclusion of Jesuit was a bit of a curveball, but also so the uh, for a lot of the coaches, at least out at the realignment gathering on Thursday, um, I think that the uh, one of the biggest takeaways was to be back in Region Two. Yeah, um, for the schools I cover, I think this was a win for McKinney Boyd because with the talent they got the next two years, they should easily get back in the playoff ground with the way the district is because they have a very good record against the Plano schools. They they own McKinney and they can beat Jesuits. So right there, <laughs> speaking of football, I'm guessing. Are you yeah, speaking football? Yeah. yeah. And on the on the hoop side, it's really I don't know how good Jesuit is in hoops. I know very good, very good. Oh, okay. yes. yeah. Jesuit is solid across the board in all the boys' sports. Yeah, they're defending oh. yeah. state champion in soccer. Yeah, their baseball, baseball team is two years removed. Also, yeah. oh, soccer. We're gonna have like so. So, so, so soccer is gonna soccer is gonna be intense. So oh, yeah. these schools. They're, I mean, they're all because Foster's like legit. Boys nationally ranked for boys. I'm sure Jesuit is too. Like, no, yeah, Jesuit's got a real strong soccer tradition. Yeah, and then um, on um, Allen's going to be Allen, but um, the the main thing for uh, the McKinney and Plano schools is that if favorable, well, that's where the region comes in. They 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 could legitimately make runs mm-hmm. and maybe have to worry about seeing Allen again to 
in the regionals or whatever in whatever sport they see via basketball, football, or whatever, because the Garland schools are t- traditionally um, up and down or top heavy mm-hmm. in football and they're top heavy in basketball. Being somebody who's a GISD grad, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can I tell you about all that. And then if they end up seeing somebody like Wiley or somebody, they've seen them before mm-hmm. and know about good old Almo and how they try hard and all that good stuff. Yeah, the big uh, the big takeaways, obviously, I mean, no matter what, uh, what, la- what projections you might have seen. I mean, I think that uh, the, the inclusion of Jesuit was a curveball, but there is precedent to that. You know, if, it was all the way back when I first uh, when I first started the paper in 2009. Jesuit was part of the Plano Allen district all the way back then, so there is at least some familiarity there. And um, you know, even though they've uh, they've been apart, um, you still have instances where like Plano East football has played Jesuit these past four years in non-district action. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Jesuit is going to really bolster the strength of the district across the board in the boys' sports. The football team, I was looking, I mean, the football team has made the playoffs eight straight years. We've already mentioned they are recently removed from state championships in boys' soccer and baseball, and then the boys' basketball team went four rounds deep last year. I mean, they're, I mean, yeah, it's, it really is a, it's impressive. And plus, hey, from a, from a sheer, like, fan enjoyment standpoint, Jesuit's got one of the better student sections in the Metroplex, flat out. <laughs> I think we should okay. mention to our listeners that maybe not familiar that Jesuit doesn't have girls' athletics, yes. so that's why we're and only is, mentioning the boys here. And that is worth noting because of the what that means now for the girls' sports. It means that there's only going to be a 17 district yeah. for the girls' sports, which means you're going to have bye weeks now because obviously yeah. you can't yeah. have seven teams can't all play on the same night. So you'll have yeah. um, you know just a 12 game district schedule. Yeah. And that's and something uh, that's something I've dealt with in nine six eight this year with mm-hmm. Capel being with Jesuit in Region Two, and it seems like the coaches seem to not mind that bye week. They kind of like. Oh no, I, I, I'd, I'd assume that any rest you can yeah. get in the middle of that grind. And, uh, Another thing too, for the girls' perspective, like um, teams like um, Allen and um, Boyd are not seeing a South Lake in the first round mm-hmm. when they're ranked number five, and they yeah. playing South Lake who's ranked number two. And it's the first just to get out the first round. This is not even a regional matchup, so that's that's something that that'll be in the girls' side and in basketball too. Yeah, we'll transition in a you know in a in a moment to district uh, to district ten six a, which will be the by district opponents for nine six a, but that is the Garland ISD district plus Wiley and um, yeah if you're just I mean obviously it's to compare that to what they've been going through these past uh, this past year and a half with District 5, 6A it's I mean it's in all day. sports from like people, cause people, cause a lot of people as we know look at just football football but yeah. that for it's set up for District 9 um, to look good in all sports to get out like what, soccer teams Baseball teams, the whole bit. There is going to be, uh, just from a football standpoint, when you look at things like travel, um, obviously, I mean, the, the the geography works out just fine for this district, but there is going to be, especially in this first year, um, with Prosper, it's going to be interesting to see which games, Prosper, which of these teams Prosper hosts versus which ones they're going to be traveling Probably to. Probably because they're Because, yeah, because they still have one year left before they open up a new stadium in 2019. Um, for the sake of, um, I know the big one, obviously, right out of the gate is Allen. Well, Allen is going to host Prosper this coming season, so they won't have to worry about that. But you know, I still haven't seen the rest of Prosper's schedule, so it'll be interesting to see if if uh, some of the uh, you know some of the bigger uh, some of the schools that travel a bit better, like your Plano seniors, if they are having to uh, you know travel to Prosper, just how that dynamic is going to work out. Could, could you say the same thing about Jesuit? Yeah, very very much. Yeah, Jesuits Jesuits uh, the capacity of that stadium is only about five thousand, so it's and there's no getting around that because you know it's, you, if you don't host them this year, you're gonna have to go there next year. So. Yeah, there is no. Uh, Alan's gonna have to uh, travel to Jesuit this season. Uh, yeah, actually, Alan will travel to Jesuit this season. So, uh, 
Yeah, they could fill up the stands with their band. They really could. Yeah. Here's something inside the I had talked to some MISD sources. From the McKinney perspective, first of all, the first week of this year, they're going to kick off the year. McKinney and North will kick off at the new stadium, new $75 million MISD stadium. And then Boyd will play Rylette to kick off and then followed by Prosper will play Damon Forrest so that'll be the first weekend of the okay. they're going to call it the McKinney kickoff classic and also this is kind of the beginning of what they're hoping of to split away from the Islands and Plano's because next realignment McKinney North is scheduled to move up and with Prosper get another school mm-hmm. that this might be the last time yeah. they might all be lumped in with the um, Allen and on um, the Plano school, so so we're starting to kind of see the trajectory kind of kind of switch because eventually, what they hoping is that they get linked up with Prosper, the two Prosper schools, and McKinney kind of come as a package deal. With um, yeah, we haven't really met, talked a whole lot about Prosper. I think Prosper was kind of the uh, the domino that was they, a lot of folks expected that this might be the landing spot for Prosper for realignment's sake. Um, I mean, you know, Prosper is no school in the in the state. I think has grown as much, or at least has gained as many students over the last two years than Prosper, whose enrollment yeah, whose enrollment has just shot up. They're, they're bigger than both McKinney yeah. schools, and they were five. <laughs> they're now the fifth largest school in this district, and that's only because the top four schools are also the top four schools enrollment-wise in the entire state. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Prosper, especially in recent years, Prosper has really molded into one of the most well-rounded athletics programs in Class 5A. I'm just looking, within the last uh, within the last calendar year, they've had, uh, in, of the eight bra- of the eight major bracket sports, in six of those sports, Prosper had a team go at least three rounds deep. And that included a uh, you know a state championship in volleyball just this past fall. Um, you know, I mean, they they finished fifth overall in the UIL Lone Star Cup uh, voting in uh, points based uh, system in Class Five A last year. I mean, they've they've really turned into a uh, just this you know well rounded juggernaut of a uh, of a Five A uh, athletics program. So yes, it'll be uh, interesting just to see kind of how that then translates to Six A. I mean, I think there's there's enough like when you look at. Like how, uh, like how McKinney and Wiley, the last two schools to make this jump into the Plano Island District from Class 5A, how they've handled it. I think Prosper's in a bit of a better situation. Just at least they're coming in with a bit more momentum than either of those two uh, schools did, especially at least in football. Um, so I think that, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure which... Uh, you know which sports that you would say uh, you know prospers like a surefire district championship you contender. Talk, you talk, you're talking about in boys or girls. Yeah, I mean I think all across the board. Now volleyball, the, the, the volleyball, the, they're finished state champions and yeah. they dominated the teams in non non district yeah. this year. But um, for boys sports, I think they have a false confidence. Like what you said with with um, the Plano's and Wiley's, with the, I think they got the opposite end. They like oh we got this and they're gonna see there's levels to this game. You just it'll be kind of see. I think it's good to come in with that Wiley and McKinney like nobody's picking us we're going to find a way versus like oh we got to know we can deal with this I think I think that's going to be the undoing on the boys side I think um, well if I, like, I was just checking like just to see if there was any common opponents already because that's the thing with Prosper is that you're not going to you know none of these football teams have played Prosper before outside of like outside of like McKinney or Wiley if you were in the classification below but like obviously PISD and Allen have never seen Prosper <laughs> in, uh, in football um, in the other sports though you'd have only played them as part of you know not district play or tournaments and whatnot. Prosper actually already has beaten two teams in 6-6-A in boys basketball. They did beat Plano and Boyd during uh, during non-district, but, you know, for what it's worth, um, I think, uh, I don't know, do you think, uh, Kendrick, do you feel like this district got 
from just from a sheer just quality of athletic standpoint? Do you think it's it's an improvement from what it is right now? Do you think it got better or worse? So I think it, it got more balanced from top to bottom. Like, um, you know, Allen's already going to be in there, but with the McKinney schools competing with Plano, it's no sure fire. Like, when this district was made, I guess the last time, it was like, oh, Allen through Plano schools, sign them up. Now now you, you throw in the mix, you, um, a boy can get you or should get you in football, should get you in volleyball. McKinney can get you in in basketball or if they get another senior class in football. Mm-hmm. The Plano schools, I know they're kind of down now. Any one of them could get a good senior class and make a run. And it prospers the wild card. I, well, to me, the wild card is Jesuit because we're going to see how they can deal with, with that day, that week to week. And they're, run. and they're used to it because it's not like I mean they, they've played I mean they've been through this before and they were a quality I mean they were a quality program back when they were with Allen and PISD you know a handful of years ago um, I think it's I think the district got a little bit tougher just if you if you're just going to compare Geyer and Wiley versus Prosper and Jesuit I think you can make a case that it actually got a little bit tougher but I think that that's kind of offset a bit by being in an by being in a much more preferable region yeah but but I think for the um, for the McKinnon schools perspective it um they know about prosper so that's not mm-hmm. the the unknown uh, about yeah. prosper it's what's going to throw the PISD schools and for what it's worth like because i was curious like how uh like how mckinney and wiley were prior to joining 66a at least in football compared to where prosper's at right now and they were actually in the same district as prosper back in 2015 and prosper that's, actually, that's when this year's class was freshman yeah and prosper which um you know that was only a prosper team that won six games back then but they i mean they beat both mckinney and wiley by at least 20 points back in 2015 and Prosper's only gotten better since then yeah but is that relevant but it's at least looking at like how where McKinney and Wiley were at when they were making uh, the jump to uh, to class 6a relative to what relative to what uh you know what prospers if you if you you have a talented senior class you have a shot that's Mm -hmm. what McKinney is a prime example because those kids were yeah Matt Gaddick and Damon Whitner were on varsity they were freshmen, yeah. and you saw what they did this year. So, at, at the end of the day, you got to have some numbers, and you got to have a lot of seniors if you're going to make a move to compete. Yeah, and it's just more kind of contextualizing that Prosper, I think, is in a is in a good spot right now, and that they should. I don't know if they I mean. Obviously, you know, you're in the district with the reigning six A Division One state champions. It seems like expecting to contend for a district title is a bit far fetched. But I think it shouldn't shock anybody if Prosper's in the playoffs in their first no. go around in six six A. They got the numbers. Yep. So, um, I just wanted to. Uh, Caution a little bit about the uh, the shift to Region Two and the the possible you know making it a little easier in the postseason because I kind of thought that was going to be the case when Capel mm-hmm. shifted to Region Two and I mean obviously every year is different you know teams aren't as good from year to year and everything but the shift to Region Two has not panned out in more postseason success for Capel they've mm-hmm. actually been a little less successful than they were the last couple of years in Region 1. Oh yeah, and that's not to say that like Region 2 is just completely bereft of like quality programs. You still have to get past Waco, I mean there's still Waco Midway, there's still the Woodlands, Longview, Mesquite, I mean the Mesquite schools, I mean yeah, there's still plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of, well, Spring Westfield I'm looking at, I mean yeah, it's still a quality region. As um, the Garland schools start to get on their Twitter feed yeah. and come after you. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, I mean, yeah, Saxy was one of the best teams in the in the Metroplex this past season. I mean, but obviously you would say that, you know, at least if you're just looking to just simply get out of the first round and then you just kind of, what happens after that happens, you just see how the brackets align and how the matchups fall. But if you're just going to simply compare right out of the gates, obviously it's much more preferential to go against Garland ISD than it is Louisville ISD and Southlake and Euless right. Trinity. And, I mean, yeah, you were getting, I mean, yeah, Allen and Euless Trinity was a first-round playoff matchup, you know, two, uh, two years ago. I mean, so yeah, it's, I mean, it was crazy just some of the, uh, I mean, yeah, you were having bi-district matchups with teams that were ranked in the top 20 in the state in the very first round. I mean, that's, that's nuts. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't guarantee that you're just going to be raking in, you know, state championships left and right or anything like that. But I do think if you're just at least looking to make headway in the playoffs, you stand a much better chance of at least getting out of that first round than, um, than you would otherwise if you were still in Region 1, which, I mean, yeah, looking across this region, it's still a minefield. Let's, um, so, yeah, then let's transition then to, um, to the other two districts that we have in, uh, in Region 2 for Class 6A, um, as we've already alluded to um you know district uh, district 106a is going to consist of the seven garland isd schools which is uh, garland lakeview centennial name and forest rowlett saxe north garland south garland and Wiley's in this district as well. So Devin, you you had a, you know you mentioned this in the in our preview on Monday that you know what you know obviously Wiley they appealed their initial uh, alignment into six six a two years ago that appeal was denied but it might have been a case where like you know what you you tough it out these two these next two years and we'll uh, we'll do you a solid and uh, give you a spot that's a bit more geographically sensible for you. So um, yeah, what are your initial takeaways from a district that's more or less the same but obviously with one big big addition now? Yeah, I mean obviously it makes sense. Um, geographically, mm-hmm. they border Saxy. Um, and, and enrollment-wise, you know, Wiley, that was their biggest complaint is, is going up against these behemoth schools, you know, the Allen, the Planos that have not just double the size, but even more than that, yeah. uh, student-wise. Uh, Wiley, you know, Gar- Garland ISD schools range from 21 to 2,800 students, basically, and Wiley falls right in the middle of that. It's just a perfect fit, I think. I know Garland ISD likes, likes to have their own district. Yeah. They like to have a guaranteed four playoff teams in every sport. Uh, what, what school district wouldn't want that? Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, adding one, add one extra school in Wiley, again, I, I just think it's a good fit. Um, the, these people, uh, Wiley plays the Garland ISD schools in non-district in almost every sport, so you know they're they're familiar with one another. It's, it's a good fit. Um, and obviously, as we've talked about, though, it's a little bit of a tougher draw, though, when you do make the playoffs and you're looking at those first round matchups and what those could uh, could potentially be. It, it really is. I, I mean, if you, you look at it from a comparison basis, um, you know you. you the, not, the current nine six a versus ten six a you had it was very top heavy in, in a lot of ways. Um, in a lot of sports, it wasn't not always, but you had you know your Rattlers and your Saxies yeah. and possibly your Lakeview and Naaman Forest, and, and depending on the sport. But you were going up against a nine six a that you had Capel, you had Jesuit, uh, possibly Skyline in a couple sports, yeah. uh, depending on. You know, but the Richardson ISD, you, there was a big fall off in the top two or three to the bottom. Same thing as GISD has been the last couple of years. Now you're going to get to 96A with the Allens and the McKinneys and the Planos where there isn't that big a, a drop-off. I mean, that seventh, a lot in a lot of sports, their seventh-place team would be, make the playoffs in a lot of other districts. So I think that's what you're going to, that's the biggest challenge there. Uh, I think that the top of, Garland, of the 10-6A can compete. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, certainly I, with I agree. I agree. Um, but, but it's certainly going to be a, a much tougher challenge across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, any other comments on this one, or do you want to shift right 
spread to uh, to eleven. So yeah, there, like I say, there, there, there's there's not much to it. We didn't expect a lot of changes yeah. with the possible addition of Wiley, and that's what we saw. Um, and, and like say, shifting years to eleven six say we didn't expect expect many changes there either, and then we didn't get any except for the with the exception of John Tyler dropping down. I do wonder how uh, I didn't get to see any Wiley coaches at the realignment ceremony, but I do wonder how they're how they got to be feeling though in the wake of this. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure they're yeah. thrilled. I, I like to say, and and not that Wiley was not able to compete; it has not been competitive the last two years across the board. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that they, you know, they looked at it again. This time of year, two years ago, they looked at it and said, you know, look, why are you, why are you matching this up with Allen, who has almost three times the amount of students as yeah. us type thing? So then, uh, yeah, as we've mentioned, then eleven six a again this district. Um, you know, let's see, it is uh, it is very much intact the way that it was. Uh, you know, two years ago, minus one team, of course. Uh, the district for the uh, the district for eleven six a is Longview, Mesquite, uh, Mesquite Horn, North Mesquite, Rockwall, Rockwall Heath, and. Uh, Tyler Lee. So, um, yeah, I, it was known, you know, in advance that John Tyler would be dropping down to Class Five A, um, and yeah, they didn't rock the boat at all with this one. They kept the other school, the other uh, seven schools intact, just as they have been. Which, which, which makes sense, obviously, since uh, you know it, it, when, when this started in 2004, when a lot of the East Texas teams kind of started dropping down in classification, they had, they had very few in the highest classification. Uh, the Mesquite schools have always been the top option to, be, to line up with Longview, John Tyler, and Tyler Lee. You know, Tyler Lee has always been at the highest classification. Longview and John Tyler have both kind of bounced back and forth, mm-hmm. but whenever they've come up to the highest classification, they've been in that district with three Mesquite schools, the three Mesquite six A schools, um, and then Rockwall and Rockwall Heath. Obviously, once they got to be a consistent 6A program, it just makes sense on that side of the Metroplex uh, to keep those, you know, just talking with the uh, coaches and the athletic directors over there. They all have a great relationship, uh, which, you know, people may think that that's, you know, oh, of course they get along. No, there's there's <laughs> athletic departments that do not get along in this Metroplex. Trust me yeah. on this. Um, but uh, Mesquite ISD, Rockwell ISD. Tyler, I see Longview. Uh, they all get along, which which goes a long way, especially when you're split up like that. When you've got to accommodate travel, when you've got to take all these different considerations into the fact. Um, and again, from a football perspective, and, and really across the board, this is one of the most competitive districts in the area. Mm-hmm. I mean, those East Texas schools are, are strong in a lot of sports. The Rockwall schools are both w- very well rounded, and the Mesquite schools, uh, like I say, uh, it, you know, they, they got very good all around programs. So it's, it should make for another fun two years. Um, from a just from a by district standpoint, their eleven six A's by district opponents will be out in District Twelve Six A. That district consists of Belton, Copper's Coast. The Colleen schools, so Colleen High, uh, Ellison, Harker Heights, Shoemaker, uh, then Temple, Waco, and Waco Midway. Round that out. I guess I'm not sure how. I mean, how different is that from what they've uh, been going through right now? Well, this is actually the same thing that they went through from 2014 to 2016. Okay. Is they had that uh, that same district, and then, uh, you know, they got shifted to Region 1 mm-hmm. in the yeah. last two years. Uh, so the last two years, they've had to deal with uh, the Woodlands, the Conroe District with the Woodlands and Conroe Oak Ridge and mm-hmm. Lufkin and Montgomery uh, and that group. I, I think it's about an even trade off. I-, I think, you know, the Woodlands is one of the most well rounded. Uh, athletic programs in the in the states, and you trade them out for Waco Midway, who can say this make the same claim, and then you have a bunch of solid programs uh, around them. Some that you know. 
Connor Oak Ridge, for instance, had you know has one of the best volleyball programs in the state. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily as good in some of the other sports. Uh, so I think that's what you're looking at with that Colleen district. You know, you have you know Shoemaker, a good basketball program that may not be as strong as you know in, in other sports. But um, I mean, it'll certainly certainly be a challenge, and you know, it's kind of that unknown factor. Uh, that's one thing that. Uh, that this that this little sub regional has run into in the last you know four six years is you get to that first round or even this or the second round and you're running up against an opponent that you really don't know anything about which you know isn't common in some of the other sub regionals yeah so that I mean yeah it's just looking across the board here I mean yeah it's strange that the bulk of our coverage is going to get devoted to uh, to region two now yeah. out in classic say a much different change of pace than in recent years I used to be a loader out in region two yeah so. region one just dominated everything. <laughs> So then, uh, wow, so I guess uh, that'll do it for about uh, for our discussion of Class 6A. Uh, Devin, appreciate you for tagging along for this. We're actually going to keep you on board for Class 5A since you've got a, got a stake in Class 5A and the Class 5A happenings as well. Uh, again, big thanks to Justin and Kendrick for helping break down the, uh, the realignment happenings for their respective schools. Um, we will pick things back up in a moment with more discussion as we look at the, uh, a very, uh, a very, a very different-looking different uh, landscape out in Class 5A following realignment. Okay, let's pick discussion back up as we continue our uh, our reaction to UIL realignment. This uh, for the remainder of the podcast, we're going to be focusing on the happenings out in Class Five A. Uh, for this portion, I'm joined by uh, once again Devin Hassan, who does sports for Mesquite and Rowlett, as well as Tim Glaze, who uh, helps write sports for Plano, Allen, and Lake Cities, and Brian Murphy, who is our sports editor for Frisco, Little Elm, and Salina. So um, let's see. Let's look. Um, let's see. Let's let's start. With uh, with Class Five A Division One, for that matter, and looking at um, I guess uh, Region One District Four Five A, where uh, Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD sits. Uh, let's see Creekview, Newman Smith, and R L Turner. They will share a district with Gulp, uh, Colleyville Heritage, Den Ryan, Denton, Grapevine, and Birdville. Um, you know, on paper, it looks like uh, I mean. Granted, looking at what they're in right now in in fourteen five A with Prosper McKinney North Little Elm the Colony, it probably doesn't change a whole lot from a competitive <laughs> standpoint, but probably amplifies a bit more in the top end yeah. when you consider just um, just a. I mean, you have a, a program like Dent Ryan, which has mm-hmm. just been an absolute juggernaut since dropping back down to Class Five A, um, and then programs like Colleyville Heritage and Grapevine. It is a uh, it is a very 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 top heavy football district and. Uh, uh, what projects to be a, another uh, another tough road to hoe for Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD? You're being polite. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing that is tough is that there's so many kids at those Carrollton schools that they have to play these upper echelon 5A schools just because of enrollment. Mm-hmm. You know, but talent wise, as we've seen, it's it's going to be a rough year. Now, uh, would y'all say years. 14 5A is not as tough as this 4 5A that they're about to be in now? Um, I mean, Dent Ryan is a is a bona fide but state champion. They don't have to deal with Spencer Sanders anymore. Which they don't. Well, that's, that's true. That's but true. But it's still Dent Ryan. Yeah, I mean. yeah, that's still a program that's in a in a pretty good spot though going forward. Yeah, and then just when you factor in just, I mean. 
the strides that, I mean, not the strides, but just how perennially year in year out strong Grapevine and Colleyville Heritage are. Um, yeah, it's that that's that's a tough draw for uh, mm-hmm. for uh, for CFB ISD and even Denton. You know, Denton has seen Lake Dallas. You know, in recent years, and Lake Dallas, which was a uh, you know one year they made the playoffs in fourteen five A, the other year they didn't. Um, you know, and Denton has shown that they're kind of on that same that mm-hmm. same level with Lake Dallas. If you're just looking for kind of a comparison standpoint, definitely. It's um yeah. It's a district that definitely uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them to try to crack one of those top four. I would say that you know just looking at it, you probably would would peg Ryan, Grapevine, and Heritage in some order as the top three, and then yeah, you're just kind of scrapping for that uh, for that number four playoff spot and just hoping that the uh, yeah the the matchups break right for you a little bit. But yeah, it's on paper it's definitely a a pretty tricky draw to say the least. Yeah. Um, let's look at uh, let's look at Region Two. For, uh, for Class 5A Division 1, uh, starting with District 55A Division 1, which is where the bulk of Frisco ISD resides. That will uh, comprise Frisco Centennial, as well as Heritage, Independence, Liberty, Lone Star, Wakeland, and then they uh, they get a, a few former uh, former district bunkmates back in line there with the Colony and Little Elm, now tabbed to join that district for football. Uh, Brian, you cover the majority of these schools. What was your, uh, I think you had kind of an initial uh, impression this could be where things shake out it turns out exactly as such what were some impressions coming away from from the uh, revelation of district 5 5a no surprise at all yeah. pretty much actually actually exactly what i predicted it makes the most sense ge- geographically also a little on the colony they were in the same district with the majority of these frisco schools except for independence if you swap out independence with frisco high that was the exact district they were in two years ago mm-hmm. uh so it, it makes the most sense should be fun uh I think the Colony and then Little Elm will have a, a tougher go around in this district than with 14-5A, but you know it should be a battle, you know, week in and week out with with Frisco against Little Elm and the Colony. One thing that I just to just to backpedal a little bit back to uh, Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD, one of the big things to come out of the uh, this Division One Division Two split was also just how different the districts look for the non-football sports, mm-hmm. and how it's probably going to be a little bit of an ice cream headache for a lot of folks trying to keep up with which district there, which district applies to which sport, um, and which region applies <coughs> to which sport because that kind of changes as well. So, like for uh, for example, Carrollton Farmers Branch is Region One in uh, in 5A Division One football, but they're in Division, I believe they're in Region 2 for all the other sports, like in, in, in sports like basketball, soccer, whatever. They are, uh, they're part of 11-5A in, uh, in those sports with um, the, you know, those three schools and then the DISD trio quartet, I should say, of, uh, of Adams, Conrad, Jefferson, Woodrow Wilson, as well as Highland Park. So a much different uh, basketball district versus football. And um, yeah, so just, just, just another little note to keep in mind, um, just as you kind of try to make heads or tails out of what went down at realignment, and that uh, you can, the, the opponents that you see in football, um, it's no guarantee it's going to be the same way in, uh, in basketball. And that's the same thing sports. for Little Elm. So their football district is with the Colony and six Frisco schools, mm-hmm. but they don't share a single common opponent in their basketball district, which is, which is in Region 1. Uh, with Denton, Denton, Broswell, Denton, Ryan, Lake Dallas. The col- actually, they do share one with the Colony. That's their only, the uh, the only opponent there. And then a Northwest, just in Northwest. So. Really, really confusing there as as football will transition into basketball yep. season. And they're in they're in Region One in basketball versus yeah. being Region Two in football, which means your playoff opponents are going to be are going to be completely different mm-hmm. as well. Um, but meanwhile, like I said, but for Frisco ISD, I mean, they get for um, for the non football sports, they actually get a ten team district that has 
all uh, yeah the entire kit and caboodle with all of Frisco ISD together um, but yes for um so yeah I mean just uh when you look over at least the football district with uh, Frisco ISD the six Frisco schools and Little Elm and the colony um, I mean is Frisco ISD of those ones that are still stuck or not uh, those ones that are in division one is it expected that you know you know the usual suspects like Lone Star and Wakeland should initially be the uh, the presumptive favorites in that district or just what do you kind of make of well I mean Lone Star's never had a losing season yeah. and you know they're they're losing MJ Rivers they're losing a couple you know their star players but they lost their two star players last year yeah. and Shelly and, and Jalen Dixon so I expect them to be right right back up there uh, with the cream of the crop you know Wakeland they're always you know they're always a playoff you know possible district champion there uh, but then it'll be kind of interesting to see how Salina Heritage Independence and Liberty pan out uh, I expect the colony to do well they they I mean, they've done well that I think Justin said they made the playoffs five years in a row I expect them to be a playoff team in this district uh, but for that fourth playoff spot, it should be interesting between you know the rest of the Frisco and Little Elm possibly. Speaking of playoffs, if you look at now, then what would await in the by district round, and um, yeah, just the breakdown of what they're I mean, yeah, they would draw District Five, District Six, Five A, and um, mm. if you just talk about top heavy districts or just a, a a district that is going to be an absolute gauntlet just to crack, uh, you know, just in what order those top four spots are going to be, that is a district that uh, neighboring the Frisco district that has Highland Park, Lancaster, and then the two Mansfield schools of Legacy and Timberview, Ooh. and then there's a uh, there's four DISD schools: Adams, Samuel, Sunset, and Wilson. But I mean, yeah, those top four that is as quality a top four. There is in Class Five A. Could you imagine a, a by district playoff round of Lone Star against Highland Park or Lone yeah. Star against Lancaster? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's like some easily s- teams that have in the past have competed for state championships. Exactly, like that. Like <laughs> one of those teams is going to have to be the four seed mm-hmm. in Six Five A. That's tough. That's yeah. a brutal draw right there for a by district round. Yeah. yeah. Then let's um, all right. So let's then look at uh, let's see, Devin. Let's let's creep over into your neck of the woods and look at uh, then District Seven Five A, also in Region Two. Um, that district, this um, we kind of had an idea. This is kind of how things are going to shake out with the East Texas schools getting lumped in with a few schools in the Metroplex. That district consists of McKinney North, uh, Mesquite Potete, uh, Sherman, uh, Texas High out in Texarkana, John Tyler, West Mesquite, and Wiley East. Um, you know, Devin, you had alluded Monday in our preview that this could uh, that just because those East Texas schools are kind of out there on an island, that there's really no other solution than to lump them in with Mesquite ISD. And there's obviously precedent at the six A level for having done that. So yeah, we're looking at um, that's some pretty uh, some pretty hefty travel from McKinney North and uh, Mesquite ISD. But just what are your initial impressions looking at this district? Well, I, when you look at it, there's really no other way they could have done it because if you just draw a straight line from Texas High and John Tyler to the closest five A Division one. Programs you end up at the east side of the Metroplex and Mesquite, yeah. uh, you know, with Poteet and West Mesquite. So then you have that four, those four teams right there. Well, you got to round up the district. Uh, you know, Wiley East has been in fifteen five A with with Poteet and West Mesquite the last two years. Um, so they make sense because they're kind of a, an outlier. And then McKinney North and Sherman's of the wheel. Else we brought up on Monday, uh, those teams are not tied to anything else, and they really didn't have anything place else to go. You know, you might say, you know, especially for McKinney North, there are closer schools to them mm-hmm. in, in, in class. Five Bay Division One, but you they're, they're tied to other schools. So you had to have a, uh, so, you know a way to round it out. But uh, yeah, travels could be an issue. I mean, when you're talking about uh, from Mesquite, it's 150 miles 
to Texarkana. It's uh, 85 miles to Tyler. It's 60 miles to Sherman. It's 30 <laughs> miles to, you know, 30, 35 miles to McKinney. So, you know, every night it, it is going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be road trips. And I had some people on Twitter talking about, I'm so glad that my kids have graduated from Poteet now so I don't have to make these road trips. But that being said, it should make for a very competitive district. You know, Poteet and West Mesquite have been strong year in, year out for the most part. My folks out in Tyler are telling me that John Tyler's going to make a run at the state championship this year. Okay. They were very young this very young team this year in 6A, uh, but competed well, and they returned almost everybody. So they are basically looking at this as we're dropping down and we are going to state. Um, you know, so it should be interesting as far as that. Texas High has had great teams year in, year out. Uh, haven't fared as well in the playoffs. It's kind of tough to gauge Texas High sometimes because their level of competition out there in the district they were in in 16-5A the last couple of years um, hasn't been as strong. Um, but it should be a good district football-wise. For the sake of uh, by-district discussion, the, the neighboring district for 7 uh, for seven five a is 8-5A, which consists of College Station, uh, Caney Creek, Lufkin, Magnolia, Magnolia West, uh, Tomball, Waller, and Willis. Some schools that are a bit off the uh, well, and, and, <laughs> you know, off the radar there. Well, you know, College Station is a reigning state champion. Yes. You know, they beat Alito oh, yeah. uh, last year. So, obviously, and they're, they're a young school. That, that school is only a few years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've already won a state championship in baseball. Obviously, beat Alito to win the state football championship. Lufkin yeah, Lufkin's per, yes, perennial exactly. power. Yes. Um, they'll be a, a force to, uh, to, you know, to be uh, contended with. Uh, I don't know too much about Willis I know, and Magnolia <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, again, that's one of those odd by-district matchups where they're just so far out of the realm. You don't have the common opponents. You don't get to see them play. Um, so it'll, it'll be curious, you know, looking forward to, you know, to see how that matches up. But, um, you know, certainly top-heavy College Station and Lufkin are, are going to be uh, legitimate contenders. And this is, again, another, um, you know, you look at Mesquite ISD, and this is another circumstance where who you're playing in football and who you're playing in the other sports, it is just, it's not even the, not even close to the same draw. Uh, looking at the, uh, the, the basketball district for for McKinney North and the uh, Poteet and West Mesquite, um, you know they both st- they all three stay in Region Two, but you know different districts for uh, for those three and a different set of district opponents as well. For McKinney North, their basketball district will consist of uh, it is District Ten Five A. It will consist of Denison, Lovejoy, Princeton, Sherman, and Wiley East. Whereas uh, Poteet and West Mesquite are in District Thirteen Five A with Forney, Kaufman, uh, Lancaster, North Forney, and uh, Terrell. So. Uh, uh, yeah, a completely different layout, <laughs> and, and that, that's more what Pote. I mean, that, that's been the, the kind of the constants here in recent years is, is yeah. because of proximity. Forney and North Forney have been with the Mesquite schools, so that'll be a little bit back to normal. Terrell's with them for years. Terrell actually dropped down in classification two years ago and is back up to uh, to five A this year. So, um, and Lancaster's kind of been in and out of that district as well. And Lancaster obviously um, has, has a lot of great sports teams mm-hmm. across the board. Then let's uh, all right. So then let's shift down to uh, to Class Five A Division Two, and we actually only have. I'm looking through this. I believe we only have one district that applies to schools within our markets for Division Two, and there's there's quite a few of them. Um, let's see. Let's uh, let's look at District Seven Five A in Division Two, which consists of Denison, Denton, Braswell, Frisco. Uh, Lebanon Trail, Memorial, and Reedy. Those three are also part of Frisco ISD. And um, rounding that out with Lake Dallas, Lovejoy, and Princeton. So a nine-team district. 
that's I think initially the big takeaway is just the ramifications um, from a football standpoint of having to play you know eight district opponents and what that means from a non-district standpoint and from a bye week standpoint. But um, Tim, what were your? I mean, you you called this district almost I guess <laughs> with the exception of Princeton, it seems like you called this district almost to a T. Yeah, this is kind of exactly what I thought. Other, I, I mean, I couldn't have seen a nine-district team coming. Uh, but I, I talked to uh, I talked to some Lake Dallas coaches yesterday, and, and they were actually kind of excited because now this means only two non-district games and then a bye week. Um, and they were kind of taking that as a positive. Uh, they'd rather get into district play right away. Okay. Um, the big thing that sticks out to me, and of course, you know, me and Brian are going to go back and forth on this, is that Lake Dallas and that Frisco Reedy matchup uh, after <laughs> that insane playoff game from last year. Um, but just from the Lake Dallas point of view, this is a much more difficult football district for them uh, than what they've had in 14-5A, uh, in my opinion. You think it's more difficult? I do. Really? Okay. I, uh, I think it is just because, and, you know, no knock, but Lake Dallas had its way with the three Carrollton schools. Mm. That's three guaranteed wins that they had this past yeah. two years. Um I, I don't know much about Princeton, um, but looking at these other schools, you know, Denton Braswell, they're up and coming. They're definitely getting better. Uh, Denison, kind of middle of the pack, too. But I think Lake Dallas could have a game on their hands against Lovejoy, Reedy, Memorial, Lebanon Trail, and Frisco every night uh, mm-hmm. in the district. Whereas uh, in 14-5A, I, I kind of expected Lake Dallas to, you know, win, you know, five or six of their district games in this past couple of years. Now, luckily for Lake Dallas, they returned almost everyone from their team mm-hmm. last year that went two yeah. rounds deep. Um, so I, I think every night in this district uh, for football is going to be super interesting. Um, I'm really excited to see. And, you know, Lovejoy, I, I covered them as well this yeah. year. The, Lovejoy is going to have a really good team this past year as well. Um, we'll see how they do up against the Frisco schools. Uh, I'll be at the Division Two Frisco schools, um, but uh, it should be a very interesting district, um, and I'm excited to see uh, just how all the teams kind of react to having that extra district game this year with that you know that nine district team or nine team district. Mm-hmm. The big thing with the um, is when you look at the bye weeks, and mm-hmm. that is, you know, you're because there's nine teams. Obviously, not everybody can have the uh, the same week off, so right. that bye week is going to rotate, and you're just kind of keeping your fingers crossed, hoping that you don't have the bye in week eleven, and you have to play ten straight games without any rest. Exactly. And yeah. So that's that is one of the uh, one of the downfalls to um, you know to having a nine team alignment. Yeah. A couple coaches in that district were worried about that because you know they didn't want that week 11 by week you know going to the playoffs who wants that who wants to play 10 straight games right and whatnot but with this district i think it'll be lake dallas and reedy will be playing for the district title that's mm-hmm. my way too early prediction mm-hmm. there because if you look at lebanon trail and memorial you know first year this will be their first year with varsity programs there mm-hmm. won't be seniors we saw what happened to reedy and independence when they didn't have seniors when they were starting out they struggled big time you know frisco is coming off an 0 and 10 season they're mm-hmm. losing a lot of their kids to these schools like Lebanon Trail, to Wakeland, to Reedy, the, the surrounding schools in, in Frisco. So I expect Lebanon Trail and Memorial to struggle only because they won't have seniors, which mm-hmm. is the obvious reason. No knock on them. And I think a dark horse could be Princeton. Princeton was pretty good in 4A. They beat Salina in week one this past year. And I, I'm 
kind of excited to see what they can do uh, in mm-hmm. 5A in a group, in a, in a district with some, a lot of up-and-coming teams. Mm-hmm. In the district title discussion, I wouldn't sleep on Lovejoy either. Yeah. Aren't they losing a lot of their, you know, a lot of their offensive firepower? Uh, I mean, they're bumper pool. They lose, yeah, they lose and their star, they lose their star linebacker and their, uh, their top receiver, Chase Van Wagner, but they still return their quarterback. I believe they're starting running back, Jahi Rainey's back as well, right? And they have since, and Van Wagner missed a lot of time last year, and so they developed three really good junior wide receivers. And also, Matt and I slept on them last Last year, yeah. after they started, when they were zero and five, and then decided to rattle off five straight. Right. It was a really strong district in fifteen five. Yeah, six straight. Six straight. Okay, because yeah, yeah. they won the playoff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, that was deceiving though, because they lost their quarterback at the beginning of the year. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I saw them play Wakeland, and Wakeland just manhandled them, and I was right. like, man, Lovejoy is just taking a step back. But it was because they lost their quarterback. They're a much different and their starting team. running back. Got hurt. In the, like, yeah, the Jahi Rainey was hurt too. Yeah. If with Jahi Rainey and Carson Collins, they're a totally different team. They're a, they're a really good offense and yeah and you know between Lovejoy and Lake Dallas and Reedy yeah, I, I think that could definitely be the top three I just always just I have to remind myself that Lake Dallas football always does well regardless of that tiny tiny enrollment that they mm-hmm. have and you know you're going up against Reedy which has 1800 kids this year and Lake Dallas is barely in 5A with 1200 kids um, so I, I'm, I'm anxious to see, you know, even Denton Braswell, which is relatively new, is already up to 1,600 kids. So um, you're just you're talking again about not as big of a difference as when they were up against Prosper and the Colony, even the Carrollton schools mm-hmm. with their high enrollment last year. But uh, still an enrollment disadvantage. But, yeah, you, you can never count out Lake Dallas in football. And as we mentioned, just for the sake of touching on what the districts look like <laughs> beyond football, yeah. these schools kind of spread out all over the place. As we've mentioned, you know, the first ISD schools are going to be with the entire school district as part of a 10-team uh, district in the non-football sports. Um, for Lovejoy, like I said, they are slotted in District 10-5A alongside Denison, uh, McKinney North, Princeton, Sherman, and Wiley East, whereas Lake Dallas is over in Region 1 um, in District 8-5A for um, for non-football sports with Denton, Denton Braswell, Denton Ryan, The Colony, Little Elm, and uh, Justin Northwest. So. Well, that's another district title for Lovejoy Volleyball then for sure. Yeah. Um, well, you they, can say that about any district for the most part. For yeah. sure. <laughs> for sure. But they, uh, I mean, last year at least you kind of had the threat of Highland Park, yeah. which is you know a really good volleyball team, but I mean, they if they don't go undefeated, that, that would be a disappointment, I would think, in volleyball. Um, and then, you know, their girls' basketball team is really good, state-ranked. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. And then uh, last year, their boys' soccer team uh, went three rounds deep in the playoffs. So uh, so good, good little draw for Lovejoy, I think, in in, uh, in the non-football sports. Man, I'm just looking at it. It is going to be so difficult for us just to kind of keep heads and tails as to which which region, which district. and yeah. oh, <laughs> Because sure. yeah, it is so different when you when you don't have that Division One, Division Two split in place. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I guess um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add to this? I did want to touch on uh, Lake Dallas's point of view in the other sports, okay. non-football. Yeah. Um, I think with the except, and and I feel bad. I, I'm trying not to pick on them because they are having a much better year this year for them. But I think 
with the exception of the boys basketball team, this is a really good all other sport draw for Lake Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, I really like their volleyball team matching up against these other schools. Uh, Denton Ryan is obviously a great volleyball program, uh, as is Justin Northwest, and the Colony has has some good athletes too. But I like Lake Dallas mm -hmm. uh, from their volleyball perspective, and I like their uh, girls basketball perspective. I do not like their boys basketball perspective. Um, Denton High School and Denton Ryan are, are both two really good teams. Denton High is surprisingly good at basketball. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you've got the Colony and Northwest, two perennial playoff teams. And last, but certainly not least, if R.J. Hampton comes back for his next two years, you've got Little Elm again. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Falcons, for your boys' <laughs> basketball draw. But uh, the other sports, soccer, baseball, volleyball, uh, I, I think that could be really competitive for the Falcons. Alrighty, well, hey guys, I think that'll just about do it. Let's, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a look at uh, a UIL realignment and just all that uh, all that shook out yesterday. So, um, hey, I appreciate you guys for giving this a listen. Um, Tim, Brian, uh, Devin, appreciate y'all for tagging along to help kind of put all this into perspective as we then now uh, as we begin to look ahead now to uh, to 2018, 2019, and the start of this brand new uh, this brand new layout for a lot of our schools. Um, once again, this has been Matt Welch with the Star Local Media Sports Podcast signing off. Thanks again to our sponsor, Star Local Media, uh, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.